You're listening to the British GT Fan Show. This show is for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, redistributed or used in any other form without permission. For more information about this, please visit our website www.bgtfshow.co.uk or contact us via our social media at bgtfshow. Welcome to the British GT Fan Show 2020 Christmas Special. Coming up on today's episode, we've got a roundup of the latest news, our Christmas quiz, and we take a look ahead to the upcoming Golf 12 Hours, featuring a number of British GT teams and drivers. The British GT Fan Show is hosted by Sarah Smith, alongside resident British GT expert Nicholas Smith. everyone and welcome to the 2020 Christmas special British GT fan show. Don't you mean show ho ho? Yes, but I can't do a ho 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 as well as you. I do have some attributes that are equivalent to Santa. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first episode since, well, the first episode, uh, that it's been only Nick and myself as Gaz and Andrew are concentrating their efforts on running the official British GT fans group. And we'd just like to take this opportunity to wish both them and Matt the best for Christmas and also for the future in the group. So moving on to business of our Christmas special show, as ever, we're going to start with the news. Um, And to kick things off, uh, Nick's going to start. Yes, because our lead news item... This episode is that the 2020 Intelligent Money British GT Championship overall and Silver Cup GT3 champion Sandy Mitchell has capped off a dream year in GT racing by signing a factory contract with Lamborghini Squadra Corsa. He joins the Mirko Bartolotti, who's returning to the programme, and Lamborghini Young Driver of the Year, Raul Guzman, as the new names in the programme. Three arrivals has forced some departures, and unfortunately British GT perennial Phil Keane and the 2016 Lamborghini Super Trofeo champion Dennis Lind have both lost their place on the roster. Mitchell has also been confirmed as one of the four drivers signed to Barwell Motorsport for their Teens and Overall Drivers' Championship title defence next year. Sandy Mitchell joins Adam Ballon for 2021, while Dennis Lind joins the team to partner a well-known name in the championship, Leo Machitsky. The Russian driver helped Barwell Motorsport claim its first ever British GT Championship title in 2006, peddling an Aston Martin DBRS9 GT3 to victory. Next up, father and son duo Richard and Sam Neary have confirmed that they'll be returning to the British GT Championship in 2021 with their tried and true black and green Mercedes AMG GT3. Richard Neary made excellent progress during the 2020 season, while son Sam was something of a revelation. The teenager took the fight to experienced factory pros whilst peddling the old spec bents in 2020. And a combination of bad luck and an overwhelming silver cup entry conspiring to end their title chances early on. The pair should be in great shape for 2021 though. Their campaign won't be in the pro-am classes this year, but in the new for 2021 silver am class. And if Sam Neary's pace this year is anything to go by, the number eight Mercedes AMG is going to be the car to beat in the new year. 
Phil Keane has bounced back from losing his place on the factory driver list for Lamborghini by securing a full-season drive as the pro for Michael Igo's WPI Motorsport team. The Cheshire-based civil engineering company owner test drove every Lamborghini factory pro during the 2020 season except Keane, but decided on the engineer and driver from Berkshire as the man to challenge for the title in 2021. The inclusion of Keane on the driving team will make the WPI effort a pro-am campaign. Keane's bona fides have been well established despite his removal from the factory ranks. Six years at Barwell Motorsport, first with John Minshaw and then Adam Ballam, has seen a 37-year-old surpass Johnny Adam as the most successful driver in championship history. That is except in title victories, where Keane has consistently fallen victim to bad luck at the final round and has yet to score a championship. Talking of Johnny Adam, we had to see the AMR factory driver full season in the 2021 Intelligent Money British GT Championship as he reunites with the team and driver combo which netted two titles in the middle of the decade. Adam only took one of those titles himself, but Andrew Howard is taking aim at his third championship, with the pro that helped him net both of his previous titles being the obvious choice to sit alongside him. Century Motorsport have been busy breaking news in the run-up to Christmas. The bad news from the team is that they will not be travelling to the Hankook 24 hours of Dubai, which is due to take place in the middle of January. Team boss Nathan Freak cited the pandemic as the main reason for the team withdrawing its BMW M4 GT4s from the entry list, but vowed to return once COVID-19 situation stabilises. The team's good news is that their 2020 Ginetta GT Super Cup runner-up Gus Barton is to graduate to the GT4 class of the British GT Championship with the team next year. There is no word as yet on his co-driver or the second car, but work is now underway preparing both of the team's own M4s for a fresh season of competition in the new year. Assetto Motorsport have announced a two-car factory-affiliated campaign in the 2021 Intelligent Money British GT Championship with Ginetta. The team have many years of experience running both Ginetta G40 and G55 Cup machinery. And again, there's been no confirmation as to driver lineup just yet. And finally, in a non-British GT but definitely related news story, Aston Martin Racing have ended their factory involvement in the GTE class of the FAA World Endurance Championship and the 24 Hours of Le Mans. The British OEM had been a consistent front-runner in the WEC, its forerunner, the Intercontinental Le Mans Cup, and the ELMS for over a decade. The Aston Martin brand is preparing to return to single-seater racing as Racing Point Formula One team is rebranded by its owner Lawrence Stroll as Aston Martin Racing from 2021. Stroll is also a majority shareholder in the luxury car maker and the change is unlikely to be purely a branding exercise. The decision to end the factory campaign in the FAA WEC but retain the factory driver lineup means that there is a high chance that British GT could see a strong Aston Martin Racing driver contingent in the new year. Reminiscent of 2018 when every GT3 Aston Martin in the entry had an AMR Pro driver in its lineup. You're listening to the British GT Fan Show, fueled by TCF Sportscast. Find the latest news at, at TCF Sportscast. So as it's Christmas and it's the end of the year, we thought we'd give you a bit of a Christmas treat. Uh, something to enjoy while you're tucking into your leftovers. We brought you a quiz. So just to let out, we've got 25 questions in total uh, with various themes, but everything is British GT related. Um, some historical questions, some current questions. We've even thrown in some pictures and some anagrams for you. 
you can go onto the website, complete the questions, and you'll get an answer straight away for everything but the anagrams. And for the anagrams, we're asking that you basically send them to us via social media. Um, so drop us a DM on Twitter uh, or a message on Facebook, or you can email them to us at the usual email address. And all that information will be on the website, bgtfshow.co.uk. As I said, you'll get your results straight away. It is a bit of fun on there, but we're looking forward to see what your answer is. So without further ado, we'll start off with question one. And question number one in the 2020 British CT fans show ho ho Christmas quiz is who is the most successful driver in British GT history? We're talking in terms of race wins. So option one, Johnny Adam. Option two, Phil Keane. Or option three, Rob Bell. But question two, who is the most successful driver overall to have driven in the British GT Championship during 2020? This includes wins in other racing series. So to start our options for this one, option one, Phil Keane. Option two, Johnny Adam. Or option three, Jensen Button. The third question. 2020 is the first year since 2008 that the British GT Championship hasn't gone to Europe for its summer holiday. Can you select all the foreign racetracks the Championship has visited in the intervening years? There are three correct answers. Zandvoort. Manicur. Nürburgring GP Strecke. Circuit de Spa-Francorchamps. Hockenheimring Baden-Württemberg. And Circuit de Algarve Portimao. Why I said that with a French accent, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. Metal and carbon fibre are the main chassis materials used in GT3 and GT4 cars. But what was the last car raced in the British GT Championship with a chassis made of wood? Your options are the Morgan Aero 8 GT, the Marcos Mantis GTO, and the Caterham 7. Next up is question five. Familial races are more common in British GT than in almost any other championship. This year, we've had a father and son sharing a car for Team Abba Racing, while father and son Collards and Proctors raced in GT4 and GT3 at the same time. What was the last family to share a British GT racetrack with either parent and child or siblings? Your options are Jade and Chloe Edwards. Jamie and Ollie Chadwick. Or Alexander and Ross McEwen. So, your next round of five questions are all titled share and share alike so we're looking for shared things in this one question number one in this round which manufacturer supplies a four liter v8 engine to aston martin which powers the v8 vantage amr gt4 your first option mercedes amg second option ford motor company or is it Audi? So, question seven. 
second in the share and share alike round. Which other Volkswagen AG racing product uses the same underpinnings and powertrain as the Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo? The Bentley Continental GT3. Second option is Volkswagen IDR. Or your third option, the Audi R8 LMS GT3 Evo. Question eight, and the third of the share and share alike questions, is which non-GT4 road car shares its platform with both the GT4 and road-going Toyota GR Supras? Your first option is the Mazda MX-5, or Miata for our American friends. Or is it option two, the BMW Z4? And your third option is the Mercedes-Benz SLA. Question nine, and the fourth of our share and share alike questions, is the Ferrari 488 GT3 and Evo is almost unique in GT3 in that it can be reconfigured to race in the GTE class at Le Mans. What is the only other British GT model which can pull off the same party piece? Your options. Option number one, the Porsche 911 991.2 GT3 RS. Option two, the Aston Martin V8 Vantage AMR GT3. And the third option is the BMW M6 GT3. And the last of our share and share alike questions, which is question 10 overall. Uh, on our website, you'll see a picture of the Generation AMR Aston Martin V8 Vantage AMR GT4, which in our picture has been driven by super dry boss James Holder and Matthew George. And for this question, tell us which car shared George as the pro driver for the 2019 Silverstone 500. Your options start with the number 66 Team Parker Racing Mercedes AMG GT4, Nick Jones and Scott Malvern. The next option is the number 55 JMH Auto Lamborghini Huracan GT3 with John Sill and Jamie Stanley. Option number three is the number 44 Invictus Games Racing Jaguar F-Type SVR GT4. Steve McCulley and Paul Weiss. And can we please stop naming cars and teams so long? <laughs> or the last option, the number 33, GCAT Racing Porsche 991 GT3 RS of Greg Catton and Seamus Jennings. So the third round and question 11 of the quiz. All of these five questions that you're now here are to do with the length of the racing circuits at British GT Race On. And your first question in this round, how long is the Brands Hatch Grand Prix circuit in miles? Number one, 2.433 miles. Option number two, 3.121 miles. Or option number three, 2.198 miles. Question number two of the circuit distances, question number 12 of the quiz overall. How long is the circuit to Spa from Cochon? Option one for this one is 4.108 miles. Option number two, 4.598 miles. Or option number three, 4.352 miles. 
question number three of our circuit distances, number 13 of the quiz overall. How long is the current Silverstone Grand Prix circuit? Option one for this one, 3.194 miles. Option two, 3.661 miles. Or option three, 3.667 miles. The fourth of this round and question 14 overall, how long is the Alton Park International Circuit? Your first option is 2.784 miles. Your second option, 2.692 miles. And the third option, 2.452 miles. And I wrote this question and I can't remember which one's the right answer. (laughs) (laughs) And the last question of this round, question 15 overall, how long is the Donington Park Grand Prix circuit? Your first option is 2.498 miles. Second option, 2.289 miles. And the third option is 2.778 miles. The last of our full question rounds, starting off with question 16, are all a bit general knowledge and a little bit of history. And they're all Sarah's fault. So, you know, they should be pretty easy. So, question 16. British GT drivers are graded by the FIA, but what does FIA stand for and when was this organisation founded? Cue the bad French accent. Here is your first option. The Fédération Internationale de l'Automobile, founded in the 20th of the 6th, 1904. Or... Does it stand for Fédération Idei de l'Automobile, founded on the 10th of July 1924? Or does it stand for the Fédération Internationale de l'Automobile, founded on the 6th of the 8th, 1944? Question two of this round and question 17 overall. Which British GT circuit's inaugural race was known as the Mutton Grand Prix? Your options are Donington Park, Netterton, and Silverstone. So for the third question of this round and question 18 in the quiz overall, how did Alton Park's Nickerbrook Corner get its name? Option one. The name derives from the Nickenbrook, Nicken being a middle Germanic word describing a fold or a bend. Option number two is an unfortunate incident involving dynamite and some outdoor shenanigans, which left a lady's underwear to be discovered at the site. Or option three, it was the historical site of a nick, which is a word to describe a wall of shrubberies that was used to mark out a land division in a rural area. Question number 19 in the quiz overall. Question number four in this round. The first ever British GT race, then called the BRDC National Sports GT Challenge, took place in 1993. But which circuit did it take place at? So your first option is Silverstone. And your second option, Donington Park. Or your third option, Brands Hatch. 
The 300th British GT race took place at Donington Park in 2019. How many racing laps had been completed up to that point? Now, for this answer, what we are looking for is the number of laps completed by every race winner in championship history. So your first option here, 9,734. Your second option, 11,512. Or your third option, 13,027. Now that concludes um, our normal questions and all that's left now are the anagrams. So as I said, these will be on the website as it helps to be able to look at them, but we're going to read them out. Um, as I said, send them to us via our social media. Um, if need to be, we can use it as a tie break. But here are five British GT related anagrams. They could be a team, driver, car, circuit, sponsor, for example. The first of these is I help Ken. That's I help Ken. The second anagram is Yeoman Tingle Lint. That's Yeoman Tingle Lint. Anagram number three, Protester Roll Most. That's Protester Roll Most. The fourth anagram, do bronco raw knowledge. That's do bronco raw knowledge. And I think we're missing a couple of words and at least one question mark there. I was going to say, I think that needs to be a question rather than a statement. But And the last anagram and the concluding question of the British GT Fan Show Christmas Quiz 2020 is nobly ancient Nettle. That's nobly ancient nettle. So pop over to our website, bgtfshow.co.uk, and you'll find the quiz on the front page. You can answer all of the normal questions as a multiple choice system on the website. And then the anagrams will be in the picture at the top of the page. Now, once you've completed the quiz, you'll get a results screen up. Um, what we'd ask you to do is share that to us via social media or you can screenshot it and email to us. Uh, that's absolutely fine. You can print it and send it by carrier pigeon if, if that's your preferred method. And at the next episode, we will go through the answers of the quiz for those that, that, that want to want to check the answers off themselves. But we will obviously uh, we will obviously congratulate the people with the highest scores. And don't forget to include your anagram answers with your screenshot. And in the event of there being multiple ties, we'll have a tiebreaker question ready for you next episode as well. I'll get head scratching then. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nathan Freak, team owner of Century Motorsport, and you're listening to the British GT Fan Show. Find them across all social media at BGTF Show. Now we've still got about three or so months until we have more British GT action. But that doesn't mean that there are not things to talk about in the meantime. Uh, so we thought we'd take a look at the upcoming Golf 12 Hours race, uh, which is due in January. And me being the, you know, relative newbie, 
I've got some questions for Nick. So doing a little bit of research, my understanding is that the Golf 12 Hours has been held since 2013. Previously, it's been held at Yas Marina in Abu Dhabi, but this year the venue is different. It is indeed. The uh, the organisers have, um, and to be perfectly honest, I'm not 100% why. It could be COVID-related or because I believe the organisers are, are based in, in Bahrain rather than in Abu Dhabi. Um, but they've decided to switch the venue to the Secure International Circuit in Bahrain, which is the circuit which hosted the two different Bahrain Grand Prix. In, in Formula One this year, the Bahrain and the Sakir Grand Prix. My understanding is that they're going to race on the longest layout of the circuit, which is actually slightly longer than the long Formula One circuit. Uh, it's a layout that's been used by um, World Endurance Championship for the past few years. It's also very good news for one of our teams because Two Seas Motorsport are actually a Bahraini-based team. They just sort of decamped to Bahrain at the end of the British GT season. So tell me a bit about the race format, as it's not just a straight 12 hours of racing, is it? No, it's, I mean, it's referred to as a 12 hours, just as Creventic refer to, to some of their races as 12 hours or 18 hours or, or 24 hours. But it could also be called a double six, by which I mean that what's going to happen is they'll start the race and they'll run for six hours, at which point the race will be stopped and they'll have three hours, the teams, to uh, get some lunch, maybe shut their eyes for a little while, work on any issues with the car. Uh, what they probably won't be able to do at this point is refuel or change the tyres. With these split races, uh, what happens is you you pull up and basically everything stops and then they go again later on in the day. So the aim for the first six hours of the race basically is to stay on the lead lap um, because if you fall off the lead lap, in the first half of the race, in the first six hours, you start the second six hours a full lap down. So, for example, if you get lapped three times in the first six hours, you start the second six hours three laps down. So that's the main strategy of the first race, but it does open up a lot of strategy calls um, because do you start your car for the first six hours light on fuel and then pit early? Do you pit just before the six-hour mark and lose track position but start with a full tank of fuel and fresh tyres? Or do you keep it out and then start very, very light, scamper away at the front for the first six hours and, and hopefully buy yourself a pit stop that way? It's a very interesting way to go racing. And as we've seen a little bit this year, the the longer races um, that we've had certainly have been a little bit more strategy-dependent, so... I would expect that for something, you know, that is as long as, you know, six hours or a double six hours, that becomes a lot more important. It does. I mean, it's it's what really appeals to me about endurance racing. Um, the race will start and everybody everybody's going to start the same, aren't they? They're, they're going to start on the freshest tyres they've got. They're going to start with an absolutely full tank of fuel because they're never going to get to the end without a pit stop. So you, you fill it up to give yourself a window, unless you're Barwell Motorsport at Darlington Park, at which point you send it out on fumes and run away at the front. <laughs> um, uh, so everybody's going to start off the same way. But then as the pit stop starts happening, it starts to diverge a bit. And then you don't really know until the end of, sort of like the last 15, 20 minutes of 
the second six hours. Who's actually really in contention? You've really got to keep track of it. There's there's loads of stories to watch. And it's going to be even more interesting at um, at the Gulf 12 hours because whilst it is a small entry, there is a GT4 entry as well. So it's not just GT3 cars. So you've you've got slower traffic that's going to be a, going to be a, an issue here as well. Hmm. Now, previous Gulf 12-hour races have been well attended um, and had some success from both British GT teams and alumni drivers. So let's talk about this year's entries. Um, so who can we expect to see? There's a 22-car GT3 entry, and there is also a four-car confirmed at the moment GT4 entry. Um, now, I'm actually quite proud of British GT here. Because just in GT3, I say 22 cars, 31% of them have raced in British GT this or in the past sort of three or four years. So that's seven of the 22 GT3 cars have British GT links. Um, quite happy about that. Let's start with the smaller entry first, shall we, which is the GT4 field. And at the moment, there's only four cars confirmed for that class. The obvious British GT interest is the Optimum Motorsport, the McLaren 570S GT4. And um, it's uh, a bit of a strange one here because what's happened? I mean, first of all, it's been the first time we see the Optimum McLaren GT4 product uh, on the road with British GT drivers in it because um, obviously they decided to run the GT3 cars only for for the British GT season. But the drivers they've got are Lars Darman, Warren Hughes, Charlie Hollings, and Jan Klingenberg. Now, people that were paying attention to the British GT season will note that all four of those drivers were Balfe Motorsport drivers in 2020. So, um, obviously, uh, there's been a bit of a bulk deal done there, I think, and uh, uh, four Balfe Motorsport drivers driving for Optimum Motorsport in GT4 at the Golf 12 Hours. So who are they going to be racing against in the GT4 lineup? Do we know? We, we've we got three other entrants in the class that have been confirmed uh, as entering. Uh, one of them is another British entrant. It's Brooks Speed. Um, they've also got a McLaren 570S GT4, but they have no drivers confirmed at the moment for either of their two cars. So I correct myself, it's actually a five-car entry. I hadn't spotted that one team had two cars. There is also SVC Sport Management. Uh, they are a Spanish team uh, who are entering with uh, three drivers. And I'm going to absolutely murderize these names here. Uh, Anthony Choitson, uh, uh, obviously from family there and Patrick Zamperini. Now, as much as I'd love to support Optimum Motorsport in this race, I think SVC might have won my heart straight away because they're running a Maserati Gran Turismo MC GT4, um, which is just oh, beautiful. Looking at sound of, they could run it in any colour. They, they, they could paint it violently pink, and I'd still love that car. <laughs> Uh, the other entry in the class is a Mercedes AMG GT4 for Viorba Corsa. Um, now, followers of 
European Le Mans Series, FIAWAC, and Preventic will recognise the Settle RV Orbicorsa name. Um, there are four drivers here. We've got uh, Jean-Luc Doria, Michel Carmanlini, uh, Piero Randazzo, and Benedito Stringiano. Again, apologies for the absolute mangling of a number of Italian names. I'm so, so sorry. So let's take a look at the GT3 entries then. Um, now, I'm going to take a couple of stabs here from what you've said so far. Yep. Um, it would make sense if Optimum have a GT4 entry that they've probably got a GT3 entry, first of all. Yep. Optimum are bringing a GT3 car. It's running under the banner of Inception Racing with Optimum Motorsport. Now, you can probably, based on that name, tell me one of the drivers at least. Yeah, and obviously we saw the Inception car at the Silverstone uh, showdown in the season. And at that point, it was Brendan Uribe and Ollie Milroy behind the wheel, if I remember correctly. You do. And Brendan and Ollie are at the wheel of the car in the Gulf as well. They are joined by Nick Moss and McLaren Pro driver Joe Osborne. So there's four driver lineup in that car. So the other sure thing, based on what we've already said as well, um, is we've already said that TCs are actually Bahraini based. So it would make sense if they were also appearing. They are indeed, and two C's have basically decamped everything to the Gulf for the winter season. Um, the trucks, the whole lot, they're one of the few teams that aren't containering their car to the circuit. Um, they are, as I say, taking two cars with them, uh, one of which has a confirmed driver lineup of three drivers, uh, one of which does not at this time have a confirmed driver lineup. So the lineup that we do know is Issa Al Khalifa, we'll see Team Co owner. McLaren factory driver Ben Barnicote and McLaren factory driver Martin Kodrick. Again, a couple of names that we saw at Silverstone um, and they were in the number 11 at that point and did pretty well. They did, yeah. Um, the, the number 11 car was, was one, of the, uh, one of the stronger McLarens during the race. Um, so, I mean, I've developed a reputation for being quite down on two C's over the season. I hope that reputation was put to bed when I was absolutely ecstatic over their victory at Snetterton. Um, but they have come on in leaps and bounds. And with that driver lineup, there is a very, very good chance for them in the Gulf. As you've said, we've no clues as to the second driver lineup. So uh, as soon as we know, we'll let you know. What I will say is I have not a license, nor any money, nor any racing gear, but if they're really desperate, I'll make the time. So that's two of a number of British GT teams and alumni that we can expect to see there. Who else? Well, let's go for the slightly more tenuous one here. Um, because, And we're not certain whether this entry actually is still standing. It's on the 12, the 12 Hours website. It's also on uh, dailysportscar.com as well. Uh, with Bentley Team M Sport, but recently Bentley announced basically the kiboshing of their, their, their factory program. So we don't know whether this entry still stands. There are no drivers listed against it, but there are a fleet of very good factory drivers that Bentley could, 
could throw at this problem, uh, including Seb Morris and uh, Jordan Pepper, etc. So if it is there, I'd expect it to be competitive. I mean, we're talking here the team and potentially the drivers which won Bathurst at the start of the year. Um, and, of course, they are British GT linked because M Sport ran an Audi in British GT when getting ready to run the Bentley factory programme. And then, obviously, they've run Bentleys in British GT a couple of times since the model debuted. So uh, they are still our boys, even if they mainly focus on driving Ford Fiestas in the mud these days. Now, that's not the only Bentley that's listed on the entry list, is it? No. Um, Team Parker Racing are also heading out to uh, to the desert for, for a bit of winter sun. Um, so they're taking one of their Bentleys as well. Uh, no clue yet as to the driver lineup. I've, I've checked their website today. Uh, I've also checked the Golf Hours web, Golf Twelve Hours website, uh, DSC, all the usual sources of information. Um, given that it's this close to Christmas, what I'm not going to do is phone up the team and say, "Look, have you decided who's going in the car yet?" Uh, let's let them have a couple of days off. Um, but the car is on its way out to the Golf and shall be competing. Okay, and from your Adding up earlier, I believe that leaves us with just two teams left to cover. It does indeed. Uh, and we are talking a couple of very big names in the British GT circles. Shall we take them alphabetically? I was going to ask your preference. Do you like a front engine or mid engine car? I think I'd need to drive both to actually have a preference here. So again, you know, maybe Santa can bring us that for next year. That is a terrible proposition, having to drive a McLaren and a Mercedes. I know. <laughs> uh, so let's go in alphabetical order. So there is no favouritism being played or preferences that I can't really decide on because I don't have enough data. Uh, so let's talk about Balf and their entry. Well, Balf are um, obviously that they announced a while ago. We've covered it before uh, that the Balf Motorsport McLaren is headed out to the desert for the winter uh, with Sean Balf, Lewis Proctor and Stuart Proctor at the wheel of the car. I have, I have hopes for this car. I mean, seeing some of the other driver lineups that have been announced since, uh, I, I wouldn't put them down as a winner, but they're, they're, they're going to show themselves pretty well. Sean is, everybody knows, he's, he's a bloody good Ann. Lewis is, if he's not in a GT3 car next year, I think he's probably been cheated. And then Stuart started off very timid when he joined the field at the first Donington Park round. And by the end of Snitterton, he was he was pretty much there. Um, so he's made excellent progress and i can't imagine that they're going to let him loose in a 12-hour race in a foreign country without at least doing some testing ahead of time to get used to the car and the track again so i don't think he's been going into it completely blind i i have hopes i have hopes of a reasonable result here so the last team we've got to talk about then um is ram racing ram racing the number 99 they're running as uh with ian loggy Callum McLeod and Sam DeHaan, so a good chunk of their their established driver lineup. What really excites me about this car is is not the fact that we're looking at a couple of of champion drivers, 
Uh, obviously, Sam DeHaan won one Silver Cup 2019. Ian Loggy won Pro-Am 2020. Callum is is not slow at all. What really excites me about this is they're bringing a bit of nostalgia in. Uh, anybody that's followed motorsport for a while will remember the old, um, the really boxy Mercedes E-Class, which was used as a DTM car. Uh, and they'll know straight away as soon as I say E-Class Mercedes DTM from the 90s, early noughties. The image that I'm evoking here is of a black car with a predominantly silver Sonax livery. And that's the livery that Ram Racing are running in the Gulf. It's going to look absolutely amazing under lights. It's proper throwback to the past. I'm almost more excited by the way the car's going to look than by the way the car's going to go. Kid Christmas. So we know this is coming up in January, uh, but specifically when in January and how do we watch it? Well, race day is the 9th of January, uh, so it's it's fairly early on. Um, with regards to actually watching the race, there's not much that's actually been confirmed at the moment. But for the past few years, it has been streamed on the website and on, on the social media channels with uh, with a decent commentary team providing English, lan- English language commentary as well. So it should be fairly accessible and a good way to, a good way to spend a Saturday uh, in January. Of course, being in the Middle East, their weekends are slightly different to ours in that they tend to go Friday, Saturday, as opposed to Saturday, Sunday. So most racing in, in the Emirates is going to be done on a Saturday. And of course, we'll have the results by the time we come to our next episode. So I'm sure we'll have a chat about that at that point. Yeah, yeah we'll be perfectly happy to celebrate whichever British GT team dominates the entire field. As we said, no favourites here. No, no, I'll be happy if any British GT team dominates the entire field. Exactly. <laughs> All that's left from us uh, for this Christmas show ho ho um, is to say that we hope that you've had the best Christmas that you can. Um, it is the round out to what's been a very weird and tough year for a lot of people. So it's not quite perhaps got the same festiveness that we're used to, uh, but we do hope that you've made the best of of whatever has ended up happening for you. And we'd just like to wish you all the best into what has to be a better 2021 thanks for listening to the british gt fan show remember the show's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast redistributed or used in any other form without permission for more information about this please visit our website www.bgtfshow.co.uk or contact us via our social media at bgtfshow British GT Fan Show is a Storm Vixen Creative and RPS driven media production. To find out more, visit our website at www.bgtfshow.co.uk.